0: If you have the bulletin from Sunday, the outline's there. As I said last week, after finishing the study, I'd like to go through what Ryrie wrote, and I put it in a form of an outline there in the bulletin about being filled with the Spirit. Um, This is the crux of the power of Christianity, really. And without the Spirit, we can do nothing. Without Him, we can do nothing. And it's in the power of the flesh that we often try to do things because we're in a rush and don't spend that time necessary to get things right ourselves with the Lord. And, um, (laughs) you know, the the dates arrive, the sermon's got to be ready or the Sunday school class has got to be taught and um, we go through it mechanically. We just get it ready like that. And that's not what God wants. God wants us to be filled with the Spirit when we minister for his glory. And we're in Ephesians 5, verse 18. Be not drunk with wine in which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And let us pray. Thank you, Lord, again, that we can look at this verse and have more insight from others that have put things together. And Lord, I pray that we might see the absolute necessity of being filled with the Spirit to do the work of the Lord to have the power of God present in our lives. And I pray that you'd minister mightily to us and through us as we individually go out as we've just sung to have another opportunity to talk to another sinner, that they might be saved by grace and walk on with us to heaven. Bless the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're looking at how to be filled with the Spirit and maybe touch on how to be thrilled in the Spirit. Um, the first is, there is it's a command to be filled that we looked at last time. It's, <laughs> it's not an option. And be not drunk with one, be filled with the Spirit. Um, how often? See if you are listening last week. Do we need to be filled with the Spirit? Daily. Daily regularly um, whatever task there is sometimes there's a new task sometimes there's a new challenge a new sin to face that we haven't faced before you know as we mature and grow in our in the Lord these different things come our way different different experiences of life you know when I was a child I spoke as a child I acted as a child when I grew a bit, bit older I did different things and then different things and then I got a job and I got a car and I got resp- oh hopefully got responsible (laughs) and had responsibilities and become a a, a parent and and all it goes, all the different experiences of life we face that we need to have the presence of the Lord with us to answer questions and how to do what we're facing. In the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 4, Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, we read, And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is the occasion of of Pentecost. And they were filled with the Spirit to empower them, and it's not going to happen again, (laughs) to speak in tongues, to get the message out to all those Jews from all around the world that had come together, together for the feast. And uh, for the Feast of Pentecost, as it is here. That's why it's called Pentecost. 50, day, 50 days after the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord. Pentagong 5, 50. And so they were empowered for that. If you go to chapter 4 and verse 31, you think, well, and this is where the Charismatics get it wrong. Well, they were filled with the Spirit then and there, just filled with the Spirit. That's it. No. <laughs> Need again. Chapter 4. Verse thirty-one, we read there, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So you see, persecution has started. They need a new feeling because there's a new problem. They had, they were they were being they were under persecution, as it were. It was getting harder. And they needed boldness to speak the word. And that might be us on occasions where there's people that we'd like to talk to and we haven't got bold enough to talk to, maybe because we haven't got the spirit of God. We haven't been filled with the spirit to do that task that he has for us. So how often? Being filled is the word that we said last week. Even when sin breaks upon our bow, when we are tempted to sin, be filled with the Spirit, be Spirit-controlled, confess the sin if we have committed it, or before, ask for strength to get over it and through it. The Lord will not allow us to be tempted above that which we are able, but will with a temptation provide a way of escape, and it oft is the power of the Spirit. So it's a command to be filled, there's a conditions of being filled that we have Second le- in the, the second point there. <clears throat> Then I read a little here. A lot of Christians think that filling comes in answer to some sort of towering or agonizing prayer, but we searched the New Testament in vain to find an example of believers praying for the filling of the Spirit after the Day of Pentecost. They didn't pray for it; they did what they knew was right, and they were filled. And it's not like it, you know, like a cup and feeling yourself filling up. No, it's not like that. You know, if you're walking in obedience to God, that it's automatic. <laughs> and so it's only automatic when you get right with God and we walk right with the Lord. And it's not by a towering, agonising prayer. Um, <clears throat> it's said here, the nearest thing to such an example is Paul's prayer for the believers at Ephesus in Ephesians 1.17. Yet even this is not a prayer for feeling, even though towering or agonising in prayer are not re- re- required there are conditions which must be met and we have them listed three of them here give God control that's the first one dedication Romans 12 1 and 2 1st Corinthians six nineteen and 20 last night went out in our lessons last night he had questions and then he had a word you had to fill in then he, then he asked it a different way you have to fill in this section where is it found and you had to fill in something else. It was three three ways. And by the time he'd done it three times over about, what, eight points, it was in here. <laughs> it's not in here now, <laughs> tonight, for those that were there last night. But it helped to remember. And um, <clears throat> these verses, I was just thinking, Romans 12, 1 and 2, are familiar verses. And uh, they become so familiar, we forget to think about them. We parrot them instead of practice them. And 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What's what's in 1 Corinthians six nineteen? That was one of the questions or one of the way he pushed the questions last night in different verses. But I don't know if this one was this one was in it or not. First Corinthians six nineteen to twenty. What does it tell us about there? We're speaking of we're looking at God controlling us. Know ye not that your body is not the it's not your own. You're brought with a price. It's God's. Glorify him in it. We have to settle the question, who's going to run my life? Who's going to control me? Is me going to control me or God going to control me? And you say, well, yeah, I've got a job. I just go to work and that's, that's the way life is. But there's so many circumstances you face other than just the work, things at work, things that people say at work, things that people do, how you respond to that. Are you going to let God have control are you going to go along with the crowd and just, you know, let them lead you instead of being a leader, a, a, a person that stands up for God's truth? Morality. Huh. Secondly, don't grieve, nor, the, the duty one should be down with this one. Huh. In First Thessalonians 5.19, if you've got that outline. Don't grieve nor quench the spirit. Just over in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Speaking about the presence of the Spirit, grieve not the Spirit of God. Who's been grieved today? Who's been grieved yesterday? Somebody did it or something did it. (laughs) Circumstances are a person usually, and you are grieved with the situation. God, the Holy Spirit, is a person, and He can be grieved. (laughs) God can be grieved, but God, the Holy Spirit, through the Spirit that He, we grieve God. Um, <clears throat> in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse nineteen, the other one is quench not the spirit. That's just is a lot of little sayings, in, like little one line verses there. Quench not the spirit. You know, a few years ago, I don't know what what it was all about, but they used to have people turn up buckets of ice water with ice in it. On the, on the heads of people. What was that about? Money. For something? Raising money. Say? Raising money. Raising money, yeah, okay. It wasn't... <laughs> i stand there with a good clothes on and get a bucket of cold water poured over him. <laughs> I thought, well, <laughs> I don't know what the purpose is. You have to wash your clothes now. We're eating, going get, but <clears throat> we do that to the Spirit of God. And if he's got a bucket of cold water poured over him... He's not going to be very active in our lives. And we can quench him by so many different things. Even our thoughts. God knows our thoughts are far off. And the Spirit of God's living in us. He knows our thoughts. So there's conditions for being filled. Don't give God control. Don't grieve. Don't quench the, the Holy Spirit by our speech, our sin, our selfishness, our self reliance, self control, attitudes and actions. You can go on with a list. And thirdly, live a life of dependence on the Spirit. And that means walking in the Spirit. Spirit, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. It's like one foot in front of another, just keep plodding along. Walk by the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if we don't walk in the Spirit, we walk in our own self strength, then we will commit the lusts of the flesh. We will be involved in those things in verse 17 and following. The flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. Where's this happening? Inside of us as Christians, and they're contrary to one another. It's not happening in a non Christian because he hasn't got the Spirit. So there's a, a battle going on within, contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would you know what's right to do you'd like to do that you would do that but you end up doing we end up doing what's wrong because we yield to the flesh and not the spirit if we're led by the spirit you're not under the law praise god we're under grace we've got the spirit of god to live the christian life so when these conditions are met the spirit control automatically automatically follows The third, the third point there, the consequences of being filled, is Christ likeness, over in the book of Romans chapter eight and verse 29. <clears throat> yes, should know this one too. and <laughs> we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, and that's not the verse I'm looking for. 28, okay, oh, okay, I was reading 28, 29, and for whom he did for no, he, yes, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So I believe in predestination, <laughs> that we're predestinated to walk like God wants us to walk, like his children, hmm. Him he foreknew he predestinated to be conformed. Now, I see Christians that don't want to be conformed. What happens when you don't want to be conformed if you're in the army? What do they do to you, Gerald, if you're in the army and you won't conform to the standard? <laughs> yeah, that's right. In Gerald's day, it was a lot tougher than what it is today. What they do, Doug? <laughs> Solitary confinement, a hot box. I don't know. Then probably not allowed to do those things today. God is going to make it happen. <laughs> if you're his child, you're not going to get away from this. You know, you want to straddle the fence, be in the world, and be in the in the Christian camp too, and the Lord said, No, not gonna work. So he'll do Things he'll allow things that we might be conformed to his image. That's he's predestinated it, and that's a strong word, isn't it? This is going to happen. And I see Christians that don't want it to happen, and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let it happen, <laughs> because God brings things to bear. What you need to do is ask yourself, what is God doing to me, because I'm not conforming to his image. You have to answer that up. Don't ask me to tell you. (laughs) Don't ask me for my opinion. (laughs) You you work that one out yourself. This is between you and God, working this out. To the image of his He wants you to look like, act like, think like, and behave like His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you only have to read the Gospels to know how He reacted or acted behaved his goals his ambitions what he what he did what drove him to do what he did and that's what he wants us to be like wow (laughs) just start thinking this is this is more serious than i thought yeah that's christianity that's god's way so he's he's going to do it and and as you get older and older (laughs) and more things happen and you think you think when you're younger, when you get older, you'll have it all stitched up. You know, it'll be all, all, all right. No, there's more things to learn when you get that little bit older. And uh, there's more patience to learn, endurance to learn. I um, I was just talking to my cousins about their dad, Uncle Ray, who passed away, and what was said the day before, and just to pick up a few directions for a sermon. <laughs> And um, one thing he said, he said when they were all leaving in the afternoon and, and they'd come back later because he had another heart attack. Most of them did. But um, <clears throat> he, he said this, Lord, take me home. That's what he said before them all. Just take me home. <laughs> and he did. He took him home that night. He'd got, he, he's ready enough to say, I'm ready to meet the Lord. <laughs> you know, that's what God wants us to get to the point just take me home and there are some folks in the the fellowship that they can't attend are saying that now and maybe we need to pray that Lord they want to go home but there are some things that maybe that needs to be learned and they're not conformed to that point where he wants them to be in fact God can take some people home early before they're ready can't he it says that in, in 1 Corinthians 11 that some are sick and some are dead because they wouldn't do what God wanted. But there, there are others who the Lord takes home early because they are ready. They're ready to go. Enoch walked with God. He was walking with God. And he took him. He took him to heaven. So, you see, you can't say, well, they died because they sinned. No, we're all sinners. <laughs> you can't say that. They might have died because they were walking godly. <laughs> and God said, well, you, you, where I want you to be, and you'll be a testimony when you go. Come home. Um, <clears throat> thoughts, likeness. worship. The consequences of being filled is worship. First Corinthians five and verse nineteen. What does it say in that next verse? Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord. Whistling as you go along. <laughs> I remember many years ago. When I was only a teenager, my my parents and uncles would talk about the Whistler. And I said, it took a little bit to, to clue in. I was like James at the t- dinner table tonight. Oh, are the police the cops? It, it, the penny dropped. <laughs> we were talking about police doing this and that, didn't you? <laughs> but he, you know. <clears throat> but the the anyway, the penny dropped when the Whistler was a bulldozer. It had a turbocharger, and they used, didn't used to have turbochargers. And it whistled; the engine whistled. That's what it sounded like—a whistler. But uh, <clears throat> how, what was I getting on to that point there? Um, Here yeah, we whistle as we go along. We wish we sing psalms, and we'll look at this at another another Wednesday night. There about the worship in song, in psalms and songs. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms that's james five thirteen, and the third the third point under that consequences of being filled is likeness worship and submission yeah ephesians 5 21 submit yourselves to one another in the fear of god and then paul what what followed verse 22 right through into chapter 6 what is he talking about submission and the order there the husbands the wives the bosses the kids the you know it, and, the, and, the, and the bosses and the servants to the bosses and, and so forth. he talks about submission. That's what will be in the Christian's life, a submissive attitude. It's spoken of over in First Peter chapter five and verses five through to seven. First Peter five five to seven. he says, "In like manner ye younger submit yourselves unto the elder." I've heard older people try to get young people to do that when the older person wasn't acting in submission. And I say, don't do that. <laughs> You're confusing. You're angering, actually, the young people. Yea, all of you, be, in, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. How can we subject one to another? Well, there's some people that have got a, a tender conscience, you might say, or I haven't grown as a Christian as much. Humbly do that which is right before them so you don't trip them up and cause them to stumble. For God resisteth the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. It's the reverse to the world's way of doing it. (laughs) You want exaltation, you push for it. That's the world. Christianity, humble yourself and God will exalt you. Not as quick as the world does, but he will. The fourth point there under the consequences of being filled is service. Let's go to the book of Acts. We'll trace this one through on a few verses. Acts chapter 2, when we read it before, and verse 4. We have this written And they were filled with the the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as Spirit gave them utterance. And so they were able to minister the word to other people in the tongues that were then a gift, a special gift for a special time for the church. In verse 41 of the same chapter, chapter 2 of Acts, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Souls get saved when service happens they gladly received his word and they were added to the church and other places it's spoken of like that even plainer chapter 4 and verse 8 of the book of acts we read then peter filled with the holy ghost said unto them ye rulers of the people and elders of israel what was he doing here what sort of service he are preaching he was preaching in the power of the spirit And so the consequences of being filled are these things. Verse 31 of the same chapter, chapter 8. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken that we read before and were assembled together and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. What was the service rendered there? Speak the word with boldness or spoke the word with boldness. That's another one of the the things that happened. Chapter 6 and verse 3. And not all written down on that bulletin there, but 6 and verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look among you for seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we, we may appoint over this business. What, 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 were they, what service were they rendering by the power of the Holy Spirit there? Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. They were diakonoses. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the word in verse 4, ministry is diakono and that means serving and they were doing business and last night actually he's talking anything you do if you're going to do it do it to the best of your ability you're doing it for the lord not for the people but that is a result of it and you'll do it because you're doing it to god you'll do it extraordinarily well and we have chapter six and verse seventeen that's not even there is it well let's go check eleven and verse twenty four eleven twenty four in the book of acts and we have there for he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people were added unto the Lord. What's a, what was the result of service here? People got saved. Much people got saved, and so <clears throat> service a consequence. And last of all, the control of the Spirit, having been filled, <laughs> having been filled with the spirit the control of the spirit and I'll put down read a little bit from here in the in the conclusion experiment have you ever been in a meeting where the speaker has asked those who are filled with the spirit to raise their hands I haven't either (laughs) you'd sort of (laughs) and then that's usually the response (laughs) um He goes on, it reads, You probably saw much hesitation to do so. Sometimes a speaker will then urge the people to yield themselves and then stand up and declare their field. Maybe that's a bit quick. (laughs) You've got to get things right with the Lord. Which is right, the reluctance which most people seem to have or the aggressiveness that some do have. In a certain sense, both emphases are correct. On the one hand, it's true that when one yields control to the Spirit, the Spirit does take over and fill that life. But we've got to do the yielding. And we've got to do Romans chapter 6. On the other hand, the hesitation comes from a realisation that no one has arrived and there always will be additional areas of life which need to be brought under the Spirit's control. And that's why the hesitation. And that's right too, isn't it? And uh, we, we don't, oh, I'm... Yeah, and, and some churches, you know, I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm standing up and I'm going to preach. And I'm going, to, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. What sort of churches are they? Charismatic churches. And, uh, <clears throat> and they'll go off in a tongue. And when they could really speak in tongues back in the early church, they were all jumping up. And they're all going off together. It's like every one of us have been up, stand up preaching together and all in different tongues that they were speaking. And, and what did Paul say? If an unsaved person comes into this church, they say you're mad. They'll say you're mad. And that's right. <laughs> and Paul said, one at a time, when he's finished speaking, the gift that's given to another to interpret it will tell us what was said. And so it's like preaching edification. Now that was only back in the early church, only for then. i just pull that example from there. But the control of the Spirit Having been filled, have have you ever? And you'll know this from what happens inside. Have you ever been speaking to somebody, witnessing for the Lord? And you just come up with things and ideas and verses and um, not de- arguments. I don't say was well, you argue one into to being a Christian, but the ideas come there that just flowed out. And you didn't have to and the conversation went and it was directed by the Lord. You knew, this is not me, this is the Lord directing it. And so you walk away from that and say, "Praise the Lord. You really get excited about when that happens, don't you? Well, I do. <laughs> and we're sitting on a log in a bush, um, sit, sit, <laughs> sitting on the bank of a dam, just different places, talking over the fence to the neighbor, where it happens, and the Lord uses you. Pray for that to happen. Because when that happens, if God's working through you, He's also working in that other person who's not a Christian. He's doing what Hebrews chapter 6 talks about enlightening them. They're tasting the Word of God. From your lips, they're hearing it and they're tasting it. And there, there could be a transformation happened in a moment. I remember talking to a fella, and, and that, and it was just, you know, the, the Lord was leading the conversation. I knew that. And I didn't see anything happen. And some weeks later, he was in my shed, and I was talking to him. He said, oh, yeah, I I believed the other day when you are talking to me. (laughs) Right, (laughs) okay. I didn't ask for a confession or anything, but that just happened. And so the Lord can be doing it. And you can go away. You know, one sows, one waters, and God gives the increase. So pray for that dedication, that commitment, um, letting God have control, grieving not, quenching not, living dependently on the Lord at Christ's likeness and see what God can do in your life. Now, it's pretty hard with all the temptations around and all the opportunities to do self-pleasing things. But see what the Lord will do.